Hello and welcome to Women in Sport, the podcast where I have the pleasure of chatting with a handful of Wonder Women from a range of different sports on the island each week. I'm Rianne Evans. Thank you very much for joining me. This week, I'm going to start with athletics, and I'm delighted to welcome to the show lovely friends and superstars on the Manx athletics scene, Hannah Riley and Emma Riley. Now, Hannah and Emma, to start with, I'm sure the many ears that are listening to this podcast are wondering just how you got into athletics in the first place. So can you tell us your origin stories? How long have you been doing athletics and what was it that made you pick that sport in the first place? Do you want to, you want to start? Yeah, I can go first. Um, I didn't start until I was 28, about five years ago, coming up six years ago. Um, and I got in it because of Thomas, my husband, also Hannah's brother. Um, I think it came about because we l- moved in together and he was out kind of three, four nights a week training. Um, and I've always been interested in sport and enjoyed different sports anyway. Um, so just kind of started going with him to some of the training sessions. I think the first session I did, Hannah and Thomas were hurdling um, and I ran in between the two lanes of hurdles and raced them down the track and I I think they beat me (laughs) (laughs) over hurdles and I didn't have hurdles. Um, So yeah, so that's how I got into it, just through, yeah, living with Thomas and being interested. Uh, I was into it from a very, very young age. and then uh, story of my life, um, I had a quite a serious knee injury and ended up having to have an operation on it. Um, so I didn't go back into athletics. That was when I was about 11 till I was 15 because I had to do it for a GCSE. Um, I thought, oh, six sports, what am I going to do? Uh, so I went back down to athletics. Die stuck me in a 300 hurdles. Absolutely loved it. And yeah, the love-hate relationship with hurdles began. So yeah, I've been doing it since f- 50, seriously since I was 15. Emma, I had no idea that you hadn't been doing athletics that long because you just look like a runner, like an, an, an athlete, and you've got so much endurance and so much speed, especially when I see you on a netball court. I had no idea that you hadn't been doing it that long. What would you say are the standout moments, the highlights of uh, your career as athletes? Can I just say Emma is one actually one of the most technically correct runners you will ever see. Even when she started, we were like... Whoa! <laughs> if only I could put that into some kind of speed and actually, um, I don't know. Leave me thinking. You go for your highlight. Oh, I do. You know what? I have so many. Um, but the ones that really stand out for me um, was my very, very first Island Games. Um, they took me for experience. Um, I did the four hundred meter hurdles. I'd literally just come off from doing a couple 300 meter hurdles. Joan Powell, um, unfortunately has passed away now, but she, her and Di Schimmel were like, yeah, let's take this kid and let's see how she gets on and ended up getting a gold medal, which was just amazing. Um, but at the time I didn't kind of realize the, the Island Games is such a big deal on the Isle of Man. And obviously being quite young, I was just not really prepared for it. But um, I would say the net, the other highlight was uh, 2011 Island Games where been hit by a car <laughs> and uh but when I was on my motorbike test so that was um in the in the April and then we had the games in the July so I couldn't train very well over the four hurdles so moved to the sprint hurdles and yeah managed to get a gold and t- it was the first games that Thomas and I my brother were there together and and the whole family were there to watch it so that was uh yeah that was really good because I broke Cheryl Doan's 20 uh, it was held for 20 years her record and she was a phenomenal athlete so yeah that 
that was one that really sticks out in my in my memory. And in the recent Island Games, you are now officially the athlete to get the most medals ever in the Island Games. Yeah, I would have liked to have done that with a, a gold medal, but unfortunately it was a silver one. And <laughs> when you totally were... ridiculous, so that's a, ba- a bad thing. <laughs> Most of us would like to get to an Island Games, never mind, be disappointed with the silver. <laughs> yeah, I, I did kind of feel your pain because a silver is amazing, but I, I know like the work you put in and just the bad timing of, of an injury, it's kind of like when you've grafted that hard, you do just want the gold. I, yeah, I know it sounds really ungrateful, um, and that that's more what it was. I think because I've I have been quite unlucky with certain injuries, and every time I just feel like I've not been able to just get to that next level because of something that's happened. And this year, I came in feeling really strong, really positive, and then got injured in a race five weeks before the Island Games, and unfortunately, it just I just couldn't get back to. Well, I couldn't do any running training or hurdle training. And then to basically had it cast bandaged to, to do the race and and I, I and I even said I said I'll be really happy if I just finish, um, and if you'd have said oh you'll get a silver I would have snapped your hand off but it it was just the whole situation about it and it obviously it's quite hard to explain for somebody the people that don't do sport but yeah it was just a it's just hard a, pill to a, swallow a winning attitude though isn't it like you know all the the best athletes in the world will have that exact same mindset. You know, yeah, sure. I, you do feel a bit ungrateful. Um, but, but I think on a good day, you'd have absolutely smashed it and got the gold, and that's what's so frustrating, to yeah. sit there and go, that could have been mine. Yeah, because but you it's said not. about the time, didn't you? Uh, the time wasn't as fast as you'd been running no, before you got you, injured. The, the time that I ran was one of the slowest times I've ever run in my entire life, um, and I came in opening my season with one of the fastest times I've run at that time of the season, so I knew I was on for something I was going to potentially get near my personal best which I haven't done since 2011 so that's yeah there's just loads of different emotions really and I think then I, I feel like it I overshadowed myself doing the um because it will I've have become the most medaled athlete in history and I just feel really disappointed the fact that I've done that with a silver medal it's a bittersweet pill to swallow yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> no I understand I understand um Emma have you had any injuries um I'm a bit rubbish in remembering time frames, but I think it was two years ago I tore my calf. Um, and I, yeah, I lose track of where we are time wise. Really but it, that for a long time, didn't you? yeah, I, it was tight for a long time, and I just carried on training and carried on training as we all do. Like, oh, it'll be fine, getting the odd massage here and there. Um, and then I was doing a hurdle session, and yeah, went over the hurdle and it just pinged. Um, and then went back and tried to do another rep. <laughs> over the you can't over fault your again. determination <laughs> honestly thinking, oh, it's all right it's just a bit sore yeah that was it so it was yeah a few months of rehab and mm. stuff so nothing overly serious but mm. big enough to stop the season yeah and like it's a very mentally challenging thing like coming back from injury and being frustrated and knowing you just have to sit off because that's going to be the best in the long run yeah. no pun intended um <laughs> but emma you what's incredible is that you've actually 10 months ago had a baby baby Nell and <laughs> yeah. you're already we were saying I, I was like you're already back at peak fitness because not only are you training with athletics you're training with the island netball squad and you know your peak fitness well you said it isn't your peak fitness that's like basically you're not 100% yet and yet you're not 100% will be loads of other people's <laughs> way past peak fitness so that's an incredible thing so how would you describe your journey post having a baby and sort of the mental challenges and the physical challenges to getting back to fitness? 
I think so. a lot of it starts kind of pre-baby. Um, so Thomas coaches both me and Hannah, um, and he's phenomenal in terms of his knowledge and what he knows. Um, and he... So he's my husband, for anyone that doesn't know that. So obviously when we were planning a baby, that kind of came into all the training and all that kind of stuff as well. Um, so I think I went into having Nell in a really strong position physically. Um, and so that then helped me coming out the other side as well. Um, but I think that's one side of it is the physical aspect. But I think it's the emotional stuff that comes with having a baby. It's just an absolute... For anyone that's had a baby, your you will get turned upside down in a very positive way, but everything's... You don't even know when you're going to next wash your hair or clean your teeth. So when you're next going to train is way, way, way down the line. Um, but I think we just, I just started slow and steady. So just initially just getting out for a little walks with the pram where I could and bits and bobs like that and just gradually building up, um, doing bits of gym work, just very light intensity, more band work than anything else in the gym. Um, and then just running when I could and when I felt like it. Um, I think a good decision I made was to not go back to netball. Um, I could have gone back. So I had her in the November and obviously netball season's running through the winter. I could have gone back, but I wanted to get myself back fit and strong. And that came with the gym work and that kind of thing. So I think the biggest difficulty is striking the balance of being the best mum that you can be, but also giving yourself the time to do the things that you love and all that kind of stuff as well. But I think we've got that balance. Got going back to work to throw into the mix again yet, but at the moment the balance feels quite good. It does sound like you've you've just been really wise with it, you know, that because it's like we were saying with an injury, it's difficult to sort of hold yourself back from doing those things. And also, um, I would imagine like the guilt of even just leaving your child for a little bit to go training could, could like affect yeah. you as well. But it does well, sound... She comes with us. She comes with oh, us. Oh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> she's down at the track. She's like the, the team mascot. Everyone down at the track knows her. She's down there all the time. They all love her as well, don't they? Everyone's always like, I'll take her for a walk. It's fine. I'll miss out this rep. So oh, she's good. No, it does sound like you've hit the perfect balance. That'll be really inspiring for, I'm sure, other, other mums to listen to. Yeah. I think I'm lucky as well that we've got... Both of our families are on the island, so we've got the support that way. And some people don't have that. Um, but I think the important thing is just to get a balance that works for you. And it works for us at the moment. So, Moving on to looking at more gender in sport. As I was saying before, with a lot of team sports, women's sport, I know it's getting more coverage now, like we saw the Football World Cup and the Netball World Cup. And that's great. But with a lot of women's sport, it does seem there's a definite imbalance in terms of coverage and funding and just perception of people thinking it's not as interesting to watch. But with athletics, I've never, ever kind of got that impression. I've always seen athletics as um, a key sport where you just don't really see that that difference. And, And I know with competitions, the men and women compete at the same time. And it is different because it's individual sports in comparison to team sports. But what do you think athletics is doing right in terms of making that balance a lot more equal in comparison to other sports? I think as well, I think when it's on TV, as you said, all the events are there. So the men and the women's events, you know, you've got a two hour slot and they they equal it out among, you know, both sexes. So for a lot of other sports, you know, some people want to watch male football more than female football. Obviously, that's prevalent. So that's on yeah, a better like, time. And like on the BBC, uh, like yeah, big so, so channels, channels that everyone yeah. can access. Whereas, you know, you've got male and female on the same channel. Yeah, and you can't watch one without watching the, the other. other. They're there, yeah. aren't they? So um, and I think everyone 
no matter who you are, that you want to be the fastest man or the fastest woman or throw the furthest or jump the longest. And but that said, I think there's not many people you would speak to out there that wouldn't know who the fastest man in the world was. Yeah. If you asked anyone who the fastest woman in the world is, yeah, I don't think true. many people would know. That's, um, that's interesting because I don't know like um, the ins and outs of sort of athletics and how it's regarded i know is it dina or dina asher smith dina dina asher smith you know obviously she's on fire at the moment yeah. but um, but most people listening to this podcast won't know who she is probably. right okay so from being in the athletics world you still see that imbalance like from an outsider i think like it looks a little bit more balanced than other sports but obviously you two will be able to comment on that more slowly. yeah i would say coverage wise it's probably equal but I think from then going into the media and newspapers and things like that and funding I think yeah. male athletes are paid more it, but again depends who you are mm. and where but no, and it's, it's more saying that sponsorship saying like, as well isn't it yeah sponsorships and stuff I'd say are more male dominant um but say the likes of the diamond league which is like your premiership of the athletics world as far as I know, it's relatively equal paid. Yeah, it's equal um, pay, yeah. And things like that. So, yeah, in, I think you're right. It's definitely far more equal than other sports, but there are still, still some imbalances. Yeah. I think as well, the female side of it, I think the female athletes get more sponsorship than a lot of the male athletes, but the male athletes use are because they're bigger you know as you say Usain Bolt you know had a huge Puma contract and then he was you know everywhere because he was the fastest man in the world but you know and Jess Ennis has been everywhere you know and she was the the best heptathlete in the world but also she she got loads uh, you know a lot of coverage from her sponsorship as well so I would say almost they were on equal parring but actually Usain got paid way more Um, just because he's the fastest man. <laughs> yeah, interesting topic actually. It's, you could probably unpick it for quite a long time. Yeah, yeah there's lots of but examples then, of it being balanced, but lots of examples of it being imbalanced. I mean, well. there's a big thing on Alison Felix at the moment. Um, for those of you who don't know, she was um, she's nine times world champion, I think eight times Olympic medalist, and American. Yeah, she's one of the most successful 200 meter, 400 meter runners, um, and she had one of the biggest night contracts um, in athletics, and she's once she went to have a baby, they, they dropped her, um, which is just absolutely insane. So she's been really vocal about, you know, how it's, you know, it sh- we should be supporting women to come back into the sport after having a baby. Which and she has come back into the sport and is doing very well. Yeah. And so she's got, um, she's got a, 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 some kind of different sponsor now, but it's the sponsor that um, is helping her on the journey that she wants to do now. Mm-hmm. Obviously doing a lot more promotion of, you know, women's rights and the way women should be treated and not just dropped because actually you're not going to get us the coverage that we want. That's part of the reason why I wanted to do these sort of podcasts because I didn't know anything about that and that is outrageous and and like we talked about a few weeks ago on Perspective, you know, men and women are different, everyone knows that, but I think people expect, like in sport, it's you want to watch the fastest person and the fastest person is a man and yet you can't demonize women for being different you know it's equally as interesting it's just different genetics so mm. yeah, i think the fact that like, she was dropped because she oh, was no. you know gonna have a baby is there atrocious. might have been different reasons but uh, you know that's what she's been quite vocal about and you know you look at people like justin gatlin who came back after a drugs ban you know he was and he still got one of the biggest night contracts. And then there's Joe Pavey, who is one of our, uh, you know, really good long distance runners from the UK. Uh, she came back after having having twins or, uh, sorry, I might have that wrong, but I know she had kids. 
um, she became European champion and then Nike dropped her. But then Adidas picked her up. So that was an also, a, you know, a big story. It's like, you know, how can she be dropped when she's actually done the best she's ever done in her career mm-hmm. and been supported by Nike all the way through mm-hmm. and then dropped by them as soon as she actually achieves what she actually went set out to achieve. It's just bonkers. And she was 41, I think. She was one of the, the oldest European medalists and it was just crazy. Are we starting to see less of that or are people... In athletics or in sport in general? We'll stick with athletics. Are you starting to see less of that or are you starting to see people become more vocal about examples of inequality in in athletics? I don't think... I think... This is just my opinion, but I think in other sports, it's a big thing. Like you see it on the news that they're pushing girls football a lot more the examples we gave before I, I don't see or hear about it in athletics really it doesn't seem to be at the forefront that it's an issue yeah. and I don't think it is being kind of so whether things I don't know whether things overly need to change because it is as we've talked about fairly balanced and um, but then again maybe some things do and maybe it does need bringing to the fore I don't know I think athletes are becoming a lot more vocal um, because they're actually being heard. I think before, when people were getting these big contracts, they were so scared of... Because as an athlete, you don't earn, even on a full-time contract, you could earn still like 14000 a year as a full-time athlete, which, as you know, is you know not even what students come out with you know and start on minimum wage. So when you've all of a sudden got Adidas, Nike, New Balance, Under Armour, you know, going to give you a £30,000 contract, you don't want to jeopardise that. Um, but I think now people are going, actually, do you know what? I can say what I need to say. I can change this uh, because actually someone else might pick me up or, do you know what, I'll go down my, my own path and find something else. Yeah, it's just the the right thing to do. And it is a very yeah. brave step. And I think people are appreciating that if they're the ones that speak, it's inspiring for millions More people are listening, aren't they? Women. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Women and men, you know. In terms of the good side of less of a gap in athletics I remember when I did athletics training with the boys quite often and you don't even see like that's a boy that's a girl and I remember loving training with the boys because it was just I didn't even think oh they're pushing me harder because when I was growing up it was like we were beating the boys and I know that a lot of team sports don't do that I know the girls basketball team train with the boys but that's because there's no other girls basketball teams on the island which is outrageous but (laughs) do you think if men and women did train together a little bit more frequently there might be fewer barriers in terms of people's perception that there's such a big gap between men and women's ability in sport coming from our point of view i mean we've emma and i um currently are the only girls in our training group and there's about 12 of us and so the rest the boys um and the same goes for the distance runners you know the middle distance runners the 400 meter runners we're Every there's, I don't think there's any group that's got one single sex in and that's it. That's right down to junior level as well. All the yeah. juniors are all mixed. Yeah, sexes. which I think is, I mean, I wouldn't have it any other way yeah. because, as you said, the, you, you always get pushed that little bit further, and you know, if you even if you start ahead, you can, you can work off each other. I mean, we've all got our different strengths in our in the training group anyway. But I think I would say the majority around the UK, most training groups, you will very rarely see worldwide. Yeah. All, all male or all female training groups because everyone brings a certain different element and obviously you tend to be event specific so the sprinters will train together the 400 meter runners will train the hurdlers train together jumpers throwers 
distance runners, try not to leave anybody out. Walkers. <laughs> <laughs> I think when you were saying about if could it translate into other sports in terms of training together, obviously you have the safety aspects that men will... It's very frustrating. I find it so frustrating. It's something I've fought with all my life that men will always be stronger and always be bigger and always be faster. And that is a genetic thing that unfortunately we've always got to deal with. So thinking of, say, rugby or any kind of contact sports, you've obviously kind of got your safety and that kind of element in it. But I do think you you could mix up training a little bit more, which I think would maybe change perceptions of things and get people a little bit more on board with women in sport mm. definitely even the majority of the training even as certain bits then you know as emma said in rugby that you can't do because of health and safety surely there's some bits that you could do together or your fitness together and athletics is very different because obviously it's a lot individual you have your lanes <laughs> so yeah. you can you stay away from each other so we are in a very unique position and mm. um yeah, what I wouldn't do, change it. Does the swimmers on the island and things like that, do they yeah. train yeah, mixed I think groups? They do, I think. I would assume, yeah, I thought so. Because it's a similar thing, isn't it? It's an individual yeah. event, but exactly. you train it Just train in as the group. water, yeah, yeah. What are numbers like for girls taking up athletics, younger girls? Hannah, as development officer. Yeah. Just finished Just development finished officer, um, could tell you more. Yeah, lo- looking at them, I, th- I would say it's really good so always come across like a very popular sport on the island yeah um, big waiting why, lists for yeah like the younger all, age groups yeah for all the clubs across the island why do you think that is i think because everything's based around it you know it's run jump throw mm. and no matter what sport you do you're going to either you know have three of those elements one of those elements or two of those elements mm. so it's so transferable to so many different sports um so and there's something for everyone. Yeah. So whereas a child might think, oh well, I don't want to play hockey because I don't like hockey. Well, I can go to athletics and I can try a bit of jumping. I can try a bit of throwing. I can run far or I can run short. It's up to- so yeah. I think it's it's good that way. I think again, you might know a little bit more from development officer, but teenage years I think are a little bit of a as they are a dodgy area for lots of things. But I think we get quite a lot of drop off in both sexes, yeah. but particularly for girls. But I think I imagine that's across sports. I don't think it's probably just yeah. athletics. It's happening for a lot of, for boys at the moment, like under fifteen to under seventeen boys. We're getting a big drop off. Um, but I think boys at, at well, we're all at that age. You kind of you get your friendship groups, you get established, don't you? And if all your mates are going out to play football and you're actually going for a run by yourself, you know it's human nature that you're going to want to go with your friends, and because otherwise you you feel like you're missing out all the time when they're coming back into school. Like, oh yeah, what happened last night? And yeah. I don't know, I was running by myself. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that comes down to it. And the same with girls as well. I think the drop-off with girls in general, just sport's not that cool anymore. You don't want to be seen as sweaty and and you don't want to be in gym clothes. You want to look nice all the time. And so then if you're going off on your own and doing that, all your friends are out doing whatever you want to be with them. So Mm. that's something we need to try and encourage them. Whether we'd ever change that, I don't know. It's a teenage mentality. Yeah, it's a whole sport thing isn't it yeah i don't think that's exclusive to athletics so i wouldn't take that personally yeah i just Um, never liked wearing girly clothes so i think that's why i never really got into that (laughs) (laughs) let's come back to both you two as athletes what would you say is your most nerve-wracking moment before like a tournament or a race and what did you do to sort of handle those nerves like do you have a pre-race routine or mantra or like a specific song that you always have to listen to to get you worked up? We'll start kind with you, of, Emma. 
letting into a bit it was not a secret of mine I kind of tell people about it I hate racing and I don't want to race and if I never raced again I would not be bothered um, I enjoy the training I enjoy the group kind of mentality which is a bit silly when it's an individual sport but I enjoy all of that so yeah so in terms of racing I don't race very often um, and if I do it tends to be more of the kind of um, Northern League events and things like that which is when we go away as a team to the UK and compete as a team I don't have any kind of rituals whatsoever. Um, maybe that's because of the age I've come into it or kind of the mentality I've got towards it. I don't know. I just don't have any warm-up and I put my spikes on and I run. Yeah, well, it's not a bad thing because some people can... It can start <clears throat> off as like a routine and then become, turn into a superstition and then yeah. it can completely throw you off. And um, in terms of you saying you like training with people, like athletics is an individual sport, but it's very... Um, it's got a lovely community feel. You yeah. see so many like runners groups on like lunchtime breaks from work and in the evening. So it's yeah. not a team sport, but it's got a team feel to it. Absolutely. It's a very social sport, I would say. Yeah, Definitely. we're almost like a big, well, we are actually family <laughs> with Thomas as well. But um, yeah, our training group, yeah, they're almost like ex- extended family and they do become, you know, your, your great friends. But it's nice. And Hannah, your most <laughs> nerve-wracking, <laughs> terrifying moment of your career. Oh, the most terrifying. I would say the most nervous I probably have ever been was probably the Jersey Island Games. Um, I came in as favourite for the sprint hurdles. Um, and I've no idea for some reason I was that I was so nervous. I get, I get nervous, but I like that because I know I'm... You're ready. Yeah, and you care. You, you know, you, if, and... Yeah, for some reason, I just I couldn't talk to anyone, could I? I, I was... saw Hannah that day because I was in Jersey and she, I'd, we'd been down at the track, I think, that morning or we'd been somewhere that morning and everyone was kind of, where's Hannah, where's Hannah? And we went and someone said she was back at the hotel because she wasn't racing until the evening. So I went into the hotel and found out from somebody what room she was in. It's going to make Hannah look like some absolute weirdo now. <laughs> but I went and knocked on the door and she opened it. She was lying in a dark room. The curtains were all closed. She was lying in bed. It was like she was dying of some kind of really bad illness or something. And I was like, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Um, and so that's what Hannah's mantra was that afternoon. I'm just going to lie in a darkened room. Is that your routine? No, do you know what? Only sometimes um, I did it before the Isle of Wight. Um, and myself and Harriet Pryke, we both had the final that night. And we just thought we'll go back for a nap and... And obviously I ran a PB, I ran a, um, the best race I think I've, I've run for, you know, one of the best races I've run ever. Um, so I just thought that's the way I'm going to control my nerves because I am ready for this. You know, I can do it, um, but I'd never gone into the sprint hurdles as the favourite. So it was just, and I, sorry, that's a lie. I went into the Bermuda as the favourite and I ended up coming second again. Um, so uh, It's a lot of pressure though going into yeah, something as the favourite. And it's... Yeah, and I just I get annoyed with myself because I'm like I'm working myself up here. Um, so as Emma said, I just kind of took myself off and even just warming up. I remember just thinking, "Oh my god, this is ridiculous! Just sort yourself out." And even during the race, I it was the first time I rem- I remember thinking during the race. Normally, I'm just like just get to the end and beat all these chicks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I literally got to hurdle five and I was in the lead and I just kept thinking, don't mess up, slow it down, slow it down and just go through the motions. Did that my... work for you, thinking that having those thoughts? I just don't know why I had them. You know, it was just stupid. It I... did work. She got the gold medal. I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I came across the line and I, I was a bit like, huh. It was a, a, 
a very surreal situation from going in as the favourite, working myself up, and actually I almost felt a bit flat after it. Mm. Um, but yeah, that was probably the, that was one thing that sticks in my head about being that nervous. But I don't really have a pre-race routine. I always think the more structured you are, the more it kind of gets in your head if you miss something or forget something. And obviously, you always have. I always have my spikes, my shorts, and you, you put things on in a certain order, but you always have to put them on anyway. So um, I know Joe Reed puts his like right sp- spike on and then his left spike on. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not at that OCD about it. In terms of sporting films, um, you know, you've got mm. for, for athletics, you've got Chariots of Fire is um, probably the main I've never one. I've seen that, you know. It's one of my yeah, dad's favourite. speaking to the wrong person. <laughs> However, carry on, because I think I might well, have an answer. I was going to say, like, before... Um, in Netball Europe in Gibraltar, before every game, I would have to watch on YouTube a clip from Remember the Titans. Have you seen Remember the yeah, Titans? Yeah, and it's a clip Titans. where he's just like, you know, leave no doubt. You know, you do not walk off this field. Or you like, you you will crawl off this field. Da 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 da. And Rachel, I'd be rooming with Rachel. And I'd be like, Rachel, I'm sorry, I just have to watch this clip again. And she's like, <laughs> okay, like every single day. It was really, it was weird. But I was wondering if you have any like films or. Like, I love... Have you seen A League of Their Own, the baseball oh, one? Oh, yeah, with Madonna yeah, in it. Yeah, 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 that's a great film. But I was wondering if either of you had any sporting I films you like. I love, and this is ridiculous that I've seen this film so many times because if anyone knows me, I've hardly seen any films and rubbish. But this one, I've seen loads, and it probably is more influential in terms of training, and it's um, Coach Carter, no, oh, a basketball film. film. And all I hear is his head, to the baseline! <laughs> so, yeah, so think it's like it training. Like, we had it on Thursday night, we were up at Nobles Park, and we're like, we're walking back to the start line, and Thomas is like, 10 seconds! And it's like, oh, to the baseline! <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah, I do really like that film. Great choice. It's a great, yeah, I, I like a lot of films, but I'd, um, yeah, nothing really, I don't feel like I need to watch anything to kind of, spur me on yeah, I think uh, yeah, yeah I get too much in my own head as it is mm-hmm. um yeah I tend to over over arouse myself as they say in psychology <laughs> um but yeah no I try and not to do that I try and keep myself on a steady yeah steady level because otherwise then you don't sleep and things like that and yeah I've been a culprit of trying to focus so much that I over focus and uh and it completely throws me off i find yeah, that usually it. if i'm if i'm a little bit sleepy uh, and i find it with snowboarding as well my body is just nice and relaxed and it's the perfect amount and that's when i play my best yeah. is when i'm relaxed and not like oh yeah beast mode i need yeah, to focus yeah, yeah. you know just sort of chilled and yeah it seems it's, to it's, work. yeah it's that that optimum thing isn't it about being relaxed but also having that raring to go but yeah sometimes you can you definitely go the other way i've just got two more questions for you the first one's quite a big one but Mm -hmm. for you personally what would you what do you want for the future of manx athletics oh my goodness me i I think participation really that just more people come and more children and more adults coming into the sport you know the masters level now stuff so over 35s you can go up into any age group is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and more and more of our on-island older athletes are doing that so just that continuation through because as emma said it's not always about racing you know actually training together in the camaraderie and being a big family is you know what a lot of people potentially might not have you know at home and obviously, you know, mental health and well-being is all, you know, a big, a big thing at the moment. So I think just for having that bit of time to yourself, having other people with similar interests and, yeah, just keeping that enjoyment all the way through, it, 
that would be what I'd look for, I think. Yeah, and I think something, it's a bit of a bugbear of mine, it's for Manx athletics, but just athletics in general as well, is going back to what Hannah said, that you can just train, you don't need to compete. People seem to think that when you do athletics, that you're going to go to the Olympics. Oh. So people say will say to me, oh, so what are you training for? And I'll say, mm, <laughs> just training because I, I enjoy like it. it. <laughs> um, well, are you going to go to the Anna Games? Are you going to go to the Commonwealth? So you're going to go. Well, you get to, and they've spoken to me about Thomas before. Do you think he'll go to the Olympics? Probably not. Well, he's not. He wouldn't do now. But back in the day, no, probably not. And it's a, that's a bit like saying to somebody who plays club football. Are you going to go to the World Cup? No, you're not. Are you ever going to represent England? No, you're not. But you're allowed to go and play football and enjoy it. And I think I'd like that mentality to just it's people to understand that athletics is a sport as is every other sport, to just go and enjoy and do as much or as little as you want. It's interesting that because I don't think, like you said, with football, I don't think that's a common thing in other sports. And I didn't realise that that was such oh. a sort of stereotype that people would mm. ask that. Oh, it's so common. It's even when... It, oh, you're only a second away from um, like Olympic medals. It's like, do you realise how big that is in <laughs> in a sprint anyway? People would be finishing and I still wouldn't be on the TV. You know, that's it. <laughs> like, but it is, it's that it's that big a gap. And you know, obviously you don't think a second is like that, but in sprinting terms, it's huge. Um, and even when Thomas, was, he was, oh, he's only half a second away from the world record. It's like, yeah, that's pretty big still. <laughs> you know, there's about still about 150 people between them. Or even probably more than that. It's yeah. And I guess as, that's a, a misperception of just what people see. That so the coverage that that is given like to the masses, um, if that's all they see, yeah. then that's probably why they ask those questions. When in reality, you've got a wonderful, like so much depth and substance mm. in athletics for you know mental health, people becoming your family, just training for you. Yeah. I, I could understand why that would be irritating, yeah. you know, when people don't realise that. It's, it's almost like, though, any other sport, you know, you'd go to the gym. It's like, oh, right, OK, you're going to, to do Miss, Miss, Miss Olympia or Mr Olympia. No, actually, I'm just going to the gym for fun. You know, it, it, for some reason, yeah, you always seem to get that with athletics all the time. Go to the Olympics? No. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, um, what words of wisdom would you give to... Um, aspiring female athletes both young and also to um you know emma you said you didn't start till you were 28 but also like older women as well who might be kind of on the fence about joining but sometimes it can be a very nerve-wracking thing to to start a new club so what words of wisdom would you give to just women on the island and girls on the island who might want to go into athletics give it a go but but again i know that that's harder easier said than done um I think it would be extremely hard to just rock up as much as we think we're quite a friendly, open group. I think as somebody, say you didn't know any of us, to turn up and say, oh, can I start training with you? I think would be really daunting. Um, but there are lots of, like you say, there's lots of, like the prom runs and all that kind of stuff are fantastic for just getting people into just running. Um, and then if you want to kind of start specialising a little bit more than that, then there's lots of avenues. And just speak to people and find out what's available because there's stuff all over the place. But yeah, give it a go and you can always stop you don't have to carry on doing it if you don't enjoy it but yeah. yeah i think that's the nice thing with social media media and stuff now obviously you can find out really with that if you don't want to talk to people because obviously a lot of a lot of runners are unsociable at times um so it's you know if you don't want to speak to people there is loads of stuff on social media to find out where you might want to go and also we've got so many lovely trails and the prom and everything so actually if you just want to go out and have a run or 
do some sprints up and down the prom if what whatever that you're into and then build up your confidence to come down but I would say as much as we might look a bit intimidating I tell anybody that you would come down and speak to at the track we would more than happy encourage anybody we've had a couple of parents come down and join us now on a Thursday because their kids train on a Thursday um, so actually rather than them sit down and have a coffee they've actually come and done some sprint work and things with us which you know sprinting sometimes is a little bit nicer than you know going for a, a 40 minute run or what, whatever but it's, it's whatever you enjoy really but and even- every single session we do can be scaled to suit Anybody. any ability like I was well I stopped running probably about seven and a half months pregnant but was running up until that point and by no means was I keeping up with any of these lot but you were able to scale every that's incredible that you were seven and a half months pregnant and still running that's awesome yeah well running in the loosest term but (laughs) yeah but you can scale every session to suit all capabilities so she actually raced pregnant and and beat people too which was just (laughs) I was only kind of 14 weeks at that point I wasn't like she was pregnant (laughs) (laughs) yeah but I just say honestly any sport or anything there's there's so many friendly people and there's so many different avenues to go down. So if you do fancy doing something, just do it. Just do it. <laughs>